Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoy today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. Well, hey, today, you guys, you're in for a special treat. We got a guest speaker here this morning who's gonna bring the word. And uh, this is a guy that, you know, I have lots of pastors. You hear me talk about pastors and mentors in my life. This guy has been really probably the loudest and I would say the, the, the nearest voice in my life over this last year. Um, I just value his wisdom and his input into my life tremendously. We've had so many conversations this year, more than ever. And uh, he has directly impacted and influenced our church in ways that you will never know. And because of his encouragement to, to me and Amy, we've had such a tremendous time hanging out with Pastor Tim and Lori. And they're just a blessing to us. And therefore, they're a huge blessing to Rivers Church. You guys are in for a great treat today to hear him deliver the word. By the way, go to Ephesians 5 because we're going to be there all morning. And uh, Pastor Tim oversees a whole network of churches that, that started over in Kuwait, and uh, they've you know, grown to into just several countries around the world, even in the Philippines. We were supposed to be in the Philippines together last May, end of April, May, we were supposed to be at a conference together, but we weren't able to make it. But uh, here's a guy whose voice I love to listen to, and I trust a lot. So would you give a huge welcome, Rivers Church, to Pastor Tim Daly. He comes up here, deliver the word. Here he is. Uh, good morning, church. I feel a little bad for your parents today. God bless you guys. It's so nice to see you. He speaks so highly of you guys when we get together and loves you so much. And uh, they came to hear you, not me, Tyrone. What in the world? I mean, what's up? <laughs> Drove all the way down. He's got the right mask on, that's for sure. You got to wear that tomorrow night for the game, right? All right. Well, I want to tell you, we're always excited when we have a chance to come to Rivers before Bell Road, now Rivers Church. Um, and so if I slip, it's because it's, a, uh, it's an aging problem, I guess. Um, it's new for us, like the rest of you, but we love Tyrone and Amy. They are dear, dear friends to us. And... Um, I want to tell you, I don't know if you know it or not, but you're very blessed because they're your pastor. And I mean that with all my heart. When we get together, they brag on you, they love you, and um, they only want the best for you. I can tell you that right now. Their hearts are right and pure before the Lord, and they just love you guys and want to serve God's kingdom and build his church. So uh, you are blessed here. And I hope you'll never, ever forget that. Don't take it for granted. Your pastors are a gift. They are a gift to you. And you need to understand that and appreciate that. So, uh, Amy, we love you and appreciate your ministry. Uh, you're a blessing, both of you. I, I want to introduce one person that's here because he's my relative. <laughs> 
but Rick Kaner, right over there, wave your hand, Rick. Rick is a missionary and leader. In, uh, he's stationed in Spain, but he oversees a network of churches or actually partner churches. They have a bunch of national pastors all over the world that they partner with to help advance God's kingdom by ministering to part by nationals. We're not talking about bringing in American missionaries. They work with the, the national pastors in their regions where they're at, and they raise up leaders that love Jesus and are planting churches that are really being effective. So Rick got to come home. Uh, he had COVID. He was locked down in Spain where they live. And you remember Spain was hit really bad with COVID this year. I mean, really bad. It's one of the first countries. And so he's kind of come home to rest a little bit when they finally let him back in. So we are so glad that Rick's here and sad that he's leaving us in a few days down the line here in December, but uh, get to know Rick and pray for them whenever you think of them in Spain. They have a, a great ministry there. And by the way, happy Thanksmas. <laughs> it's, it's Christmas and it's Thanksgiving, right? So I just created a new holiday, Thanksmas, all right? And as I was telling the first service, by the way, if you're in the Philippines, you guys are late. You are late because our brother back there, our Filipino brother could tell you that in the Philippines, they have a, they have a little saying. During the burr months, you put up your, your decorations, your trees and everything. And that's September, October, November, December. You put it up starting in September and you don't take it down till about February. So uh, they love Christmas. And the whole country lights up during Christmas. So uh, when I see this, I just get warm feelings. I was on a, on a call yesterday for three hours, a Zoom call with our class, our, our Life Connection Church Bible Institute. We had over 200 students online for three hours. And uh, they've been locked down in Kuwait and Philippines and different places around the world. And it was so good just to see their faces and spend time with them and sharing the word of God. And so, uh, you know, you are blessed to be together. Uh, don't take that for granted. You know, it's good if you can't be together because it's literally all shut down. That's one thing, Zoom. But you cannot replace in-person gatherings. You cannot replace it. The presence of the Lord is here. And uh, I know he's in your home, but trust me, when we corporately gather, there's something that happens because uh, we're together as God's people. So I thank you guys for keeping the door open. And I know that in today's world, you pastors and leaders here, I, my prayers go out. I have four sons that are pastors, so I know about this. Uh, you make a decision to stay open, you're in trouble. You close, you're in trouble. If you wear a mask, you're in trouble. If you don't wear a mask, you're in trouble. I mean, this has been a year unlike any year we've ever seen. I've been pastoring almost 50 years and I've never seen a year like this. And I think you ask anybody to say the same thing, but I appreciate Rivers Church who has continued to declare the good news of Jesus in the midst of a very, very difficult year. And Amy and Tyron, you've been faithful to do that. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. 
I just happened, as I said, we had a class yesterday and it so happened to be these last two weeks on Ephesians. As I told the first servers, Ephesians happens to be my favorite book of the Bible. If you were to ask me, you know, what do you, what do you love the most? Which book? I'd have to say Ephesians. It's at the top of the list for me. The uh, book of Ephesians is one of Paul's letters. He, he wrote, when he wrote the book of Ephesians, he actually wrote three letters that he sent in a bundle at the same time. Ephesians, Colossians, and Philemon. And probably the slave Philemon brought the book back to uh, Ephesus, Colossae, and then to uh, his master. So um, these are special books. And what's so powerful about Ephesians is that it answers the question, what next? What's next? What's next in my walk with Christ? You see, we, we've gone through the Gospels. You've come through the book of Acts, the establishment of church. You've looked at Romans, men, and a, a treaty on, on righteousness. And, and, you know, I mean, a powerful explanation of the Gospel and, and the work of Christ. And then uh, you come into uh, Galatians and then Ephesians. And Ephesians is, what's next? What's next? And as uh, one professor says, it's not for the faint-hearted because it really takes you into deeper things and it calls us to a deeper walk with the Lord. Uh, we're not to stay infancy like Hebrews chapter you know, five talks about. It's time that we quit drinking on the bottle and we get into the deeper things, amen? It's time that we move on. And so Ephesians is a book that takes you on to the next level. Isn't that exciting for us? I don't know about you, but I've seen too many Christians that have been 25, 30 years in the faith and they're still needing to be wet nursed. It's time that they know how to eat the meat of the word of God and they grow up and they're serving the body instead of looking at the church as a consumer, a consumer, a product. I'm just a consumer. I'm coming here to consume. Uh, you know, we are called and equipped to be effective servants in the body of Christ. And that's what I love about God's word, that uh, he doesn't leave us in infancy, he takes us on, right? So the book of Ephesians starts out uh, with the wealth of the believer. It tells you who you are in Christ. And I want you to notice that if you were to read the book of Ephesians, you would see Holy Spirit from beginning to the end of Ephesians. You could see the whole Trinity, but I, we're speaking of Holy Spirit. Uh, Pastor Tyrone, I've listened to your messages over the past weeks. I've been blessed by this teaching. If there's a subject that I love to teach about, it's the Holy Spirit. Because I came from a cessationist background. Now, I don't know if you understand what that means, but that means that uh, we believe that there was a point in history when the canon of Scripture was complete and they used 1 Corinthians 13 when it says, that which is perfect has come, that which is in part will be done away. So they say that the perfect was the scripture, not Christ. They say it was the scripture. So they say the scripture, when it was complete, everything, all these gifts stopped. Prophecy, tongues, the miraculous gifts, all of those were no longer needed in the body of Christ. I believed that. I taught it. I pastored in that. I went to school in that. But there came a time after 14 years of ministry that I came to a place in my life that I knew that I was really missing something in my ministry. 
that it was about me and my ministry, not about what the Holy Spirit wanted to do. And my wife and I went on a journey to really come into an understanding and a discovery of the the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, when we finally gave our hearts in in this area. It changed our lives. It changed our ministry. It opened doors for us we never dreamed possible. And the power of the Holy Spirit fell in our ministry in a new way. And I'm telling you, it's not just for me. What we're going to talk about today is for all of you here today and all of you who are listening online. This is a message of good news. And it's a message of going on in what God has for us. And I'm so thankful. I'm going to tell you right now, I love the Holy Spirit. I gave a lot uh, in this study of the Holy Spirit when, when I was young and we were coming into this. I lost my denomination. I lost a lot of friends. Uh, we were misunderstood. We were accused of being the worst thing in the world in those days, a charismatic Hallelujah. All right. That's good news, right? I, I don't, I'm not afraid of that term. And, but I did not grow up in the tradition of Pentecost or charismatic movement. I came into it and I'll tell you what happened was God really did a work in our lives. So I'm passionate about this. Uh, I fought for this and I love the Holy Spirit. So when we talk about Holy Spirit, it's an important subject for me. And I appreciate Pastor Tyrone for saying, as a church, we're the rivers. We're going to get in the river and we're going to let the Holy Spirit do his work in our lives and in our church. And that's the, that's the key to success of this ministry is to allow the Holy Spirit to do what he's promised to do in the life of you as an individual and this church. Father, we just asked, fill us with your spirit today. Speak to us, anoint us, Lord. Let your word come forth in power and authority. And Lord, we just pray that you will work in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen. As I said, the first three chapters of Ephesians deal with the wealth of the believer, who you are in Christ. The next two and a half chapters, four, five, and about halfway through six, deals with your walk the walk of the believer. And we're going to go into that section in just a minute. But you will never be able to walk out the Christian life if you don't know who you are. If you don't know what your riches are in Christ and in the Spirit of God, you don't know those riches, you will never move in to the walk that God has planned for you. You'll never accomplish what he has in store for you. And then the last section of Ephesians is about the warfare of the believer. You cannot fight the enemy sufficient. You will not be an overcomer if you are not filled with the Holy Spirit and you don't know who you are in Christ. You will never defeat the, 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 the devil. Let me tell you this. The devil's not all powerful, but he's powerful. The only all powerful one is the Holy Spirit, the uh, God. He's all powerful. He's omnipotent. And so, look, when we come in in Christ, we come in full of the Holy Spirit and we stand in warfare, we are overcomers. We've already won the battle because he won the battle. It's not a matter of do we win the battle, the battle's won. But every day in those skirmishes we face, we need to know that we have the control of the Spirit in our lives. He's, he's in charge, right? Amen? So Paul prayed this in Ephesians 3. I just want to read this. We won't stay here. We're going to jump over to 5 in a minute. But this was Paul's concern. And if I could say some, one thing, one prayer for you, here would be my prayer. 
In verse chapter three, verse 14, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with what? With power, how? Through his spirit, where? In your inner man or inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and strengthened and grounded may be strengthened to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That's what we're gonna be talking about, being filled with the fullness of God. That's what I want in my life. That's how I want in my ministry. That's what I want to see in your life. Now, go over to Ephesians chapter five, if you would do that. Ephesians chapter five, and we're going to begin in verse 15. Verse 15. Our verse, yeah. You walk not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. How many of you want to know what God's will is for your life? I want to know what God's will is for my life. Amen. And then he goes on and he says, okay, and don't, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And then he goes on in verses 19 through 21, and then, but actually go on through the rest of the book. He talks about what it will look like when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. What kind of results are going to happen? What he says in verse 19, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. You know, when Brother Joel comes in here to lead us in worship, you don't, he doesn't want to drag you into worship. He doesn't want to kind of manipulate you into worship. We're to come in here full of the Spirit of God, and we don't have any problem. When that music starts, when he, le- he opens up in prayer, where are we? We are ready to worship. Not manipulated, not pulled, not controlled, but controlled by the Spirit of God. Amen? So when one of the evidences of being filled with the Spirit is you're going to know how to worship. Then he goes on, he says, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You want to really have a Thanksgiving day, 365 days out of the year? I'll tell you where to begin. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. Number uh, Verse uh, 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. By the way, 21... uh, There is no punctuation. Paul is a a master of long sentences. And 21 is not part of the top. It goes down to the next part. It's all one big old sentence. But basically what he's saying, look, submitting to one another, we learn how to submit, how to serve. And then he goes on into dealings with husbands and wives. And then in chapter six, children. And then in cha- and the later on, the slaves and masters are employees, employers, however you want to put it. And then he gets into warfare. Look, all of that is possible for us to be victorious and triumphant when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, you have a sheet with you there, a sermon sheet, a note sheet. You can take that out and try to take a few notes here. And I think we have a PowerPoint that'll come up here every once in a while. 
But um, I want you to notice, Pastor Tyrone made a statement, and he really asked this question. See, I've been listening. I'm, I'm a listener, Tyrone. He said, why was the Holy Spirit given to us? Well, here's the answer. To draw you closer to him, he said, and to send you out into the world to be a witness for Jesus. Do you remember that? If you don't, you better go back and listen to last week's tape because he said that several times. To draw you closer to him, to draw you into intimacy. Look, you will never really experience deep intimacy with the, with the Lord and in your own flesh. It comes out of a relationship and the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants to draw you closer to the Lord and number two, send you out in the world to be a witness for Jesus. That's where your power comes. He's talking about these outreaches. He's talking about opportunities to give. Look, the way that happens and the power behind that is when the church is filled with the Spirit of God and it will happen and exciting things will take place. Listen, Rick and I both have been around the globe in so many different countries, terrible circumstances and situations. And if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit who lives in us and controls us and empowers us, I would not want to be in those places. I'm telling you, I've been where uh, you just don't want to go out at night unless you know where you're going. And, and you can say, well, that's here in town. Well, that could be in town too. But you better know that you're a call to the Lord, filled with the Holy Spirit, and that you're obeying everything that he tells you to do. Amen? Yes. Now, I want to distinguish three words real fast. I'm not even going to get into the depth that I did at the first service. I just want to give you three words you're going to hear in the scripture when we talk about Holy Spirit. Baptism. Yes. Baptism of the Spirit or baptism in the Spirit. That word is used in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And in verse 13, and it says, for in one spirit, we were all baptized by one body, Jews, Greeks, slaves are free, and we're all made to drink of one spirit. That word baptized means this, to immerse or to place into. And basically what this is, as a believer, you have been placed into union with Christ and into union with other believers in the body of Christ. That's what that is. What happens is when you get born again, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. What do we mean? He takes you from death to life. He takes you from the, the enemies in the world to sons and daughters in the Lord Jesus Christ. He takes you out of this and puts you in the family of God. That's baptism. And as a result of that, we should then exercise our spiritual gifts to keep them, that body functioning properly, as you'll go on to read in 1 Corinthians 12. Right after chapter 12, verse 13, where it talks about being baptized, placed into the body, he talks about gifts, and those gifts are given to strengthen that body. Let me also say that this is very important to me. Look, we hear a lot about gifts, and I'm not here to talk about that today, but I want to say this. If your spiritual gifts are only used as a bless me club in the church, you're missing the point. Spiritual gifts are not just in the house. I'll tell you where I've seen the signs and wonders and the gifts of God really being used is on the streets. When you want to give a prophetic word, if you want to give a tongue, if you want to, give, you want to see a miracle, take it out on the streets, and you'll also see a salvation. 
We as a church gather in our holy huddles and we all speak in tongues together and we shout and we, we, you know, we fall out and all these things and it's wonderful and it's refreshing at times, but let me tell you, we're missing the point when we understand that these gifts are not just given for inside the house. This is important for us. Now, the baptism you've been placed into. Now, another term you're gonna hear is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? John 14, 16, Jesus is saying, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the Lord cannot receive, cannot the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Here's the promise. Not only did he take you and place you into the body of Christ, but when Jesus ascended on high, he sent back the Holy Spirit to do what? Indwell you, to live in you. I am so thankful that not only did he save me, but he knew I couldn't live this in myself and I needed the Holy Spirit's power to be effective. So today, if you're born again believer, you've been baptized into the body and the Holy Spirit lives in you and is the seal and the guarantee of your salvation. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen for that? If you don't understand these words, you better get into your, your study and work on this because these are important. And the third word is the one filling, the filling of the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Spirit implies this, freedom for him to occupy every part of our lives, guiding and controlling us. And then his power can be exerted through us that what we do is fruitful to the Lord. Now, I could give you stories of so many pastors and leaders who said, if I had it to do over, I'd talk more about the Holy Spirit I can attest to that myself. If I started all over, I would have a whole new approach. You know, and, and, and even our young pastors that are in our network of churches that we oversee, one of the important thing is, is that they come to understand the power and the importance of the Spirit of God in their ministries. We're not gonna send them out into that world empty-handed. You see, they need to know the resources that are available to them. And what is that resource? The Holy Spirit. That's first and foremost. They have the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to understand today that I, the filling of the Spirit is a real experience and God commands you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Unlike the baptism and unlike the indwelling, that is a one-time act. The filling, as we're gonna see in a moment, is something that is gonna happen continuously over and over again in our lives. So the question here is, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? And if not, would you like to be? And if you'd like to be, stick with me because I'm gonna talk about it, all right? So I believe that understand the filling or empowering work of the Holy Spirit today is the most important Truth of the spiritual life. If not the most important, at least one of the top. And 
If you're gonna be effective, this is an important message for you. Learn this and you will discover the source of supernatural power that can help you every single day. And I believe this is the greatest need of our hour. For God's people, discover what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we desperately need the Holy Spirit today. And so it's, we're gonna look at that one verse, just Ephesians 5, 18. And I'm gonna look at uh, five different observations that I made when I was looking at this verse and studying it. See, when you study the word of God, one of the things you do is you read it, 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 and then you observe. You make observation, you make observations, you look for what, what is there. And you always have to look in the context. So you never wanna pull anything out of context, right? Amen? Because otherwise we're gonna start some wacky theology. So you go to the word, you read the word, and as you study the word, you're making observations. But now, let's read it. I wanna read that verse in three translations of versions. Here's the NIV. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. I like that. But let's listen to it in the uh, New Living Translation. It says this, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, let the Holy Spirit fill and control you. And then the third one, I really like this. It's, called, it's the message by Eugene Peterson says this, don't drink too much wine that cheapens your life. Drink the Spirit of God, huge drafts of Him. I especially like that phrase, drink the Spirit of God. That's pretty picturesque, isn't it? Now, in order that we might understand it, here's what, I'm gonna give you these five things. Write it down, fill in those little blanks there, and then I know you're ready to go, all right? You're ready to receive what He has for you. Number one, it is a remarkable experience. The infilling, the filling of the Holy Spirit is a remarkable experience. Note the contrast between wine and the Spirit. This is the most basic point of this verse. There's a direct parallel drawn between being drunk with wine and being filled with the Spirit. What precisely is the point of that comparison? I mean, Paul, what do you get? You had a, a little bit too much wine? Is that, is that why we're here? What is the point you're trying to make in this passage? Well, actually, it's an incredible comparison because the issue is influence or control. A person under the influence of wine experience altered behavior. And he or she may say or do things that would not, they wouldn't ordinarily do. Like one minute they may be angry, and the next minute they may be crying, and the next minute they may be depressed, the next minute they may be passing out, falling over. Um, they're out of basic control of themselves. Likewise, the filling of the Holy Spirit produces a change in behavior. Not like wine, but there is a change. Like wine changes a person, the filling of the Holy Spirit will produce change in you. In the book of Acts, there were once timid disciples like Peter, 
who all of a sudden get filled with the Holy Spirit. And what happens? He preaches a message like a house of fire and 3,000 people get saved at one point in Acts chapter two. Why? He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul mentions a number of practical things related to the filling of the Spirit. And I already showed you those. In, in, in Ephesians, wisdom, understanding of God's will, a joyful heart of singing, a heart filled with thanksgiving, an attitude of mutual submission, and on and on the list goes. Those are outworkings. You see, when I'm living my life out in the power of the Holy Spirit, my marriage looks better. When I'm living my life out under the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm gonna treat you better. When I'm living my life out in the power of the Holy Spirit, my kids will know the difference. Can I get an amen? Yeah. When I'm not controlled by the Spirit, my kids know the difference. There is a difference. True submission is vitally important because this touches our need to be in control of every situation. You see, this whole thing is about him taking control of us. Okay, number two, it is a required experience. This is a command. In the Greek, this verb is the imperative mode. What that means is it is a command. Filling of the spirit isn't an optional part of the Christian life. Every Christian is to be filled with the Spirit all the time. And if you aren't, you're out of God's will. Wow. It's pretty harsh, but that's the way it is. Number three, not only is it a required, but it is repeatable experience. It is in the present tense in the Greek language. What does that mean? Well, this will give a little insight to this. It actually will be helpful because the Greek present tense has the idea of continual, continual action. It's what happens when you tell your kids, go rake the leaves in the yard. And a few minutes later, they walk in the house and you look outside and you see leaves still there. And you call your kid in and you say, son, what? What in the world? I asked you to go rake the leaves. You said, I did. You didn't tell me to rake all of them. So then we say, okay, go rake and rake and rake some more and rake some more until you get all those leaves. Get them all raked up. That's the present tense. In other words, you keep on doing something until it it's not a one-time event, in other words. It's not one time. You just keep on doing and doing until you finish it. We could legitimately translate the verse this way, and I like it. This is one translator put it this way. Be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Another one said, we said, be constantly controlled by the Spirit. And then another commentator, and this is my favorite, be being kept filled with the Spirit. Be being kept filled with the Spirit. And the Amplified puts it, but ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. This filling of the Spirit is supposed to be a normal way of life for you and for me. Yeah. Number four, it is a relinquishing of the self experience. Yeah. You say, why? Because it's in a passive voice. In the Greek, it's in a passive voice. Well, you say, what does that mean? Don't, you see, if you don't understand, you can miss the point here. 
The command can be either active or passive. We much, we're much more used to the active. And so the, the active is this. Go to the store and get some milk, please. That's active. Or there's a hole. Go fill the hole, please. But Ephesians 5.18 is in the, the passive voice. Now get this. In other words, it doesn't say fill yourself with the Spirit, but rather be filled with the Spirit. You are to be filled with the Spirit. This is the key to everything. To be filled means that the filling of the Spirit <coughs> is a work of God, not of man. A work of God, not of man. He's not saying fill yourself, but rather he's saying be filled. Tyrone, could you grab my uh, water bottle there by my wife? <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. So let me draw two important implications, thanks Amy, from this truth. Number one, the Holy Spirit is ready and willing to fill us at any moment. Man, that's good news. The Holy Spirit's ready and willing. And number two, we must make ourselves available to him. So let me give you a man-made term. I'm, here it is, fillability. Don't go look in the dictionary, it's not there. Fillability. It's like thanksmas, okay? It, there's my word, fillability. It's what happens when you go to a full service gas station and you say, fill it up. Yeah. Now, in Arizona, we don't have many of these kind of gas stations anymore. But in Oregon, you can't fill your own gas tank. You have to have somebody fill it. So you drive up, you say, fill it up. The guy knows what you mean. My tank's empty. I need my gas tank filled up. Well, that's fillability. And it's need plus desire. When you need to be filled with the Spirit becomes your great desire, you will be filled, my friends. So, the fifth thing is this. It is a far-reaching experience. It is a plural command. Now listen to me, church, because this is where it gets a little touchy. <laughs> this command is in the plural as Paul is saying, let each and every one of you be filled with the Spirit. This is not for Pastor Tyrone and Amy by themselves. It's not for John Mark by himself. It's not for Pastor Tim. This says this, let each and every one of us be filled with the Holy Spirit. One, on the one hand, that means the command that every Christian is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But there's a, a sense in this verse which goes a little further. The church, as a church, is to be filled with the Holy Spirit, corporately. Now listen to me, this is so important. The filling of the Spirit is not something for my own personal edification only. 
But God's spirit imparts life-giving power that transforms the church from a social club or a neighborhood club or a religious gathering into a living body of Christ. That's the Holy Spirit. We can see that clearly in the verses that follow. If you look at verse 19, speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Look at there, one another. Also, submit to one another out of reverence. Verse 21, submit to what? One another. What the difference between a church that is alive and a church that is dead is quite obvious. You can sing the same songs. You can have the same program. You can have the same bulletin. You can, you can have the same uh, worship set, whatever it is. You can have all of these things the same, your schedule the same. Outwardly, they may look very much alike, but one's alive and one's dead. And what makes the difference? The Holy Spirit. We need the filling of the Spirit, not simply for ourselves, but for reformation and revival today. Look, as a church, we're praying to reach our neighborhood. We want a revival. Come, work, Holy Spirit. Oh, come. Look, I want to tell you right now, we need the empowering of the Holy Spirit as a church if we're going to see things happen for the glory of the Lord. And it's a corporate experience. Now, as we bring this down, let me give you three issues. Just write them down. The issue of control. In this whole idea of being filled with the Spirit, it's a control issue. Here's my definition of filling Spirit. It's what happens when the Holy Spirit has the controlling interest in your life. You go back to the contrast of wine and the Spirit, it's very clear. What you're filled with controls you. You're filled with wine, it controls you. If you're filled with anger, you're an angry person. If you're filled with uh, uh, greed, then the greed dominates your life. If you're a man filled with love, then love will influence all that you do. When the Holy Spirit fills you, he will have the controlling interest in your life. And let me make this clear. Let me remind you that the filling of the Spirit doesn't mean I have more of the Spirit than you have. Please understand this. When you got saved, you got all the Holy Spirit you're ever going to get. The question here is how much of you does the Holy Spirit have? How much of you does the Holy Spirit have? How much of you have you yielded to him, allowed him to take control of? See, being filled with the Spirit occurs when we continually choose to live under His influence. The issue of cooperation. See, the central issue of the filling of the Spirit is one of cooperation. Am I going to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and let Him lead me, or am I going to keep on trying to do things my own way? So you want to be filled with the Spirit today? Then you got to cooperate. So many of us struggle at precisely this point. We fight the Lord because we want to do things my way. We want to sing with Sinatra. I did it my way. Literally. And just because we're born again doesn't mean that all of a sudden that just is gone. That's a battle for the rest of our lives. Number three, the issue of control. There's an issue of contact. 
I'm sorry, contact, not control. The issue of contact. One person explained that the Spirit's filling this way. He said that the most people think of the Spirit as a substance to fill us, like filling your gas tank. So we run out of the Spirit and God fills us up again, but that's not the right image. That's not what it's about. It's more like a train, electric train that runs in the cities and up high in the city and it's got two tracks and it actually has three tracks, two that the wheels run on and one that this little thing comes down and touches. And when that thing touches that track, it puts power into the train and the train moves. The real issue here in the filling of the Holy Spirit is contact. Are we in connection with the third rail? And the third rail is the Holy Spirit. His power is always available, unlike your utility company. His power is always available. And when that happens, our lives will work. And when we lift that off that contact, our lives don't work very well. That's when trouble comes. So, before we pray, here's my final definition of the filling of the Spirit. It is that state in which the Holy Spirit is free to do all that he came into my life to do. The key word here is state. The filling of the Spirit is not just an emotional experience, and it's certainly not reserved for a few super Christians. It's nothing more than the normal Christian life when the Holy Spirit is in control. You say, well, how do I know when I'm in control of the Holy Spirit? Well, the first thing we, first thing we want to hear is that we'll speak in tongues. I love tongues. Let me tell you, don't get me wrong. I speak in tongues. But I'm of the persuasion that there's more evidence than just tongues. Treat your wife right. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. You can speak in tongues all day long. You can speak with the tongues of men and angels, but if you don't have what? Love. Then you're a, what, a clanging symbol or whatever. You know what it says in 1 Corinthians. Look, there are many things that prove that we're filled with the Holy Spirit. All the gifts can show that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm one that loves Spirit, Holy Spirit, and I love all of it. Give it, pour it out, Holy Spirit. But I don't want to confuse people because some people will come up and they're like, oh, 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 I want to, I want to, I want to be filled with the Spirit. It's not coming, it's not coming. And they're working so hard. That's not how you get filled with the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit work. Just, just open yourself to the work of the Spirit in your life. When we're continually to be controlled by the Spirit, cooperating with the Spirit, and in contact with the Spirit. It's for you, it's a command, and it's God's plan for your life. And let me tell you right now, before I pray, God is willing to fill you right this moment. And I want to tell you this, he's more willing than you are to receive it. If for some reason you aren't filled with the Holy Spirit today, it's not because of God's reluctance. It's because of our own reluctance. So there must be a sense of need today. We need to come to him today and say this, Lord, I'm empty and I need to be filled by your spirit. And lastly, there must be a willingness. Lord, I'm open to you. Let your spirit fill me now. 
So I'm going to have you stand in just a moment. And the, these four things, listen, I'm just going to name of them. This is what we're going to do. This is for you. First, you want to be filled with the Spirit today? You can. You can. He lives in you. He wants to. It's an issue of control. Remember, cooperation. The first thing is desire. Desire. I find that in John 7, 37. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Also in Isaiah. Desire. Do you desire? Then come on. Number two. Remove all the barriers. Remove the barriers. What are the barriers? Well, the scripture says a couple of barriers. Whenever you quench the Holy Spirit, Thessalonians, or you grieve the Holy Spirit in Ephesians. Sins, things that come into our life and they quench, they put down the Spirit of God. It's like pouring water on fire. Holy Spirit's wanting to work and we're, we're putting it out trying to lead. We're not listening. If that's the case with you, are you resisting him? Hey, look, just confess it. Deal with it right now. Remove the barriers. Desire. Remove all barriers. And I like this. Request. Request. It's not like a needle in a haystack. I got to dig around till I find it. Thank God. God was so good when he brought me into these things. He was so good the way he led us. I would have had a heart attack if he had just dumped me in somewhere and this is gonna have this. I would have been scared to death. It was a beautiful journey that God took us on. Difficult at times, but he kept proving himself over and over again. Luke eleven thirteen says, how much more your heavenly father gave the Holy Spirit to those who what? ask. And lastly, this, receive. Receive it right now. Just receive it. First John 5, 14 and 15 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, guess what? He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. That's confidence. I'm not afraid to ask and I'm not afraid to come because you know why? He loves pouring out on you. So let's just stand up and put our hands out like we're receiving a gift today. And you know what? I'm not even calling you up today. Tyrone may ask you to do that, but if you need prayer, obviously afterwards the prayer warriors will be around. They love to pray with you. But you know... I don't want to put my hands on you, not because of COVID. I'm not afraid of that. I just don't want, I don't want to interfere with what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Because you know what? It doesn't have to come because somebody lays hands on you. He's there. He just wants you to release this, your control to his control. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for your work from Genesis to Revelation and from the beginning of my journey in you to the promise all the way to the end. Lord, 
you are in me. And I pray, remove any, any hindrances in my life. Lord, because I desire, I desire, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you, Lord. Lord, I long for your control in my life in every area. I don't want to be a bad husband. I don't want to be a bad father. I don't want to, I don't want to just come and sit in the service. I want to come filled with your spirit, Lord. And I want to impact the lives of people around me. As Pastor Tyrone said, it's to give us, when we're filled with the Spirit, it draws us in intimacy and in power. Powers us to go out. Lord, that's the only way we can touch the nations of the world is with the power of the Holy Spirit. I desire, Lord. Lord, I'm asking right now, fill me. Just ask it. Fill me, Lord. Fill me, Lord. Fill me, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. And by faith, Lord, I receive. Thank you. I say thank you. Thank you. Thank him for filling you right now. You say, but I, I don't see any big, I don't have any electricity. Thank him. He, you asked, he does. You'll see what happens when you walk out of this place filled with the Holy Spirit. Your life will be forever different. Day in and day out, moment by moment, we're called to be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Not just today at church, this afternoon, tomorrow morning when we get up and we don't feel great, we go to work and that boss is driving us nuts. Fill me, fill me, Lord. We disagree with our spouse. Fill me, Lord, fill me, Lord. Our kids are causing us trouble. Lord, fill me. Help me to respond properly. You respond through me, Lord. Let the fruit of the Spirit be seen in my life. I'll tell you, one of the biggest evidence of the filling of the Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit being seen in you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all these words that pertain to you and your work in our lives. Thank you for living in us and never leaving us alone. Through this pandemic and how we handle this and the elections that just came and went and all the things, Lord, we don't have to be angry and we don't have to be mad at each other and overcome by all this stuff. Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit and let us love each other. Walk through this. You raise kings up, you tear them down. And ultimately, Lord, you're accomplishing your purpose through this whole time, through COVID, through all of the stuff that's been happening. You are great and awesome, Lord. Fill us and let us not miss what you're trying to do. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. 
I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.